This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your McNuggets are closer than you think with McDelivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello, welcome back to Swans Cast, everyone. It's been uh, been a while. I think it's been two weeks since the last episode, so apologies for the delay. But um, been busy with work and stuff, and uh, leave had fun exams again, haven't you? So um, been tricky to try and fit oh, one yeah. in. It's been busy. How was um? Oh, didn't want to put that up for a second. How was uh? How was your? Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> We're talking about Swans. <laughs> How has your week been, or weeks been since? Yeah, not too bad. Time. I've been uh, I've been boring the last couple of weeks. I've been I haven't been far. Work keeping me busy and exams as well, and that's pretty much been it. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a rubbish two weeks to be honest. But uh, good to be back. Yeah, good to be back, uh, and good to be back to the stadium. The last couple of games, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The Swansea dot com. Obviously, we'll we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, same. Just been kind of doing work and normal life things. But I went to McDonald's just before going going on live. Now I had a quick tea because obviously we're record, recording this quite late. Uh, straight uh, from what work. What do you have? Had the chicken Big Mac because it's back after oh, the yeah. uh, shambles it. of a lunch they did a couple of weeks ago. Did I had it that? last night as well. I had it last night after the game. What was uh, what was the shambles of the lunch? So they, they launched it, didn't they, like a while ago? And they did a big yeah. advertising campaign for it. And they, and they only had it available for like two days and then they run out across the country. <laughs> um, so like it wasn't available. Until, it only came back in like this week or last week or something, I think. Like it's been unavailable yeah. for like a month. But um, yeah, when I, I when it first it. came out, I tried to buy one. I was like, oh, I'll try that. So I had to try and buy one, ordered one and a drive through. So you don't really check your burger in that much detail before you leave a drive through yeah? Went back yeah. to work. I had it on my lunch. I always eat my chips before the burger. Yeah, I don't same. know if that's a normal, yeah, normal thing. Same, I don't know yeah, what everyone else yeah. likes to do with their McDonald's. But let's chips first, comments. yeah. All I always have the chips first. Go to the Big Mac. It's in a box. It says chicken Big Mac on the box. Open it up. Um, 
I told I told one of the other guys in work what I was having. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that new chicken Big Mac. They actually came over to talk to me just as I was going to start the burger. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention. Took the gherkins out as I normally do, and then she was like, I think you do have a chicken Big Mac. I was like, yeah, I did. I have a chicken Big Mac. She's like, that's not chicken. Oh, you give me a normal Big, Big Mac, Mac yeah. in the chicken box. Like, how can you even make that mistake? Devastated. Like, what if I was allergic to, to beef? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's in the chicken box. Like, so I was a bit annoyed. So I, uh, well, I went on the online thing at McDonald's and I didn't even have to kick off and they gave me like a five pound voucher. So um, if anyone uh, wants to get a five pound voucher, just tell McDonald's they give you the wrong Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a good story to kick us off. But 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 anyway, all it is is two mac chicken sandwiches on top of each other with a big mac sauce in it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I had it last night on the way home from the. It was very anticlimactic. Yeah, I think so. I was um, I wanted I yeah I I wanted to try it because it like it just I'd seen it everywhere. So like, oh let's have yeah. a go. But no, and it wasn't that. It wasn't but like, that how can they run out? Are they selling mac chicken sandwiches. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm all about, I'm all about the chicken legend. That's, that's where I sat at McDonald's. Yeah, fair enough. But like, surely they would have just like, I could have just been like, get this McChicken sandwich, take the top bun off it, get this McChicken sandwich, and put it on top. And then you got the chicken Big Mac. Plus, I'd rather the mayo than the the, uh, the Big Mac sauce anyway. Oh, so, really? Uh, I love yeah. the Big Mac sauce. Uh, no, the Big Mac sauce is lovely because you can ask them to put it in like a, a cheeseburger as well, which is like a normal cheeseburger, uh, no, no, no. and add the Big Mac sauce. Oh, Big Mac sauce is I would much prefer a Big Mac, and I'd probably have a Big Mac more often if it didn't have the sauce, but it can't be asked to be difficult, so I'd usually get a Actually, couple of quarter pound of cheese. I lied, because the best thing is the uh, the Big Tasty sauce when that comes in. Uh, I'll tell you what's underrated, triple cheeseburger. Oh yeah, that's good as well. I like that. Why is that not a meal? Yeah, I like that. No, you always have that on the side, don't you? You have your meal and you have a cheeseburger on the side. That's my usual order. That's a, a good introduction, lovely. Uh, yeah. McDonald's talk. But why don't you just tell us in the comments what your go-to McDonald's order is? Um, and while we're on that note, I uh, just wanted to say, everyone that does enjoy watching, we are going to talk about football, but um, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. I just had a quick browse on the stats in the week and uh, noticed about 54% of the people watching are not subscribed. So, if there's one thing we can ask you to do today, we'd really appreciate it if you can click the big red button that says subscribe. Just helps us out. The more we grow as a channel, the more we can give back then in terms of our content and invest and, and make the stuff better, really, which is where we want to go with the channel in the long term. So um, click, click the thumbs up as well if you uh, enjoy Chicken Big Max and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get going on the football, I guess. So um, kind of change the structure a little bit. Obviously, we've been generally doing like talk about the matches that just happened, talk about the news and then talk about the matches ahead of us. But we'll still touch on most of that stuff. But um we're gonna try and push the podcast in a more uh discussion format where we're gonna find key points or questions that are relevant at the moment, big controversial things that are worth talking about and focusing on those things rather than necessarily like spending half an hour or forty five minutes reviewing a match or something. Um, so we will still do it, but it will be within these conversations. Um, and hopefully that will be a good direction to go in. But you can let us know in the comments what you think about it as well. We always like to hear feedback and see where we can go to make the podcast better. But let's get started. I think there's only one place to start after last night. Uh, even though we've got a couple of games that we've missed, and probably we've missed a good upturn in form, really, um, that we can discuss tonight. 
uh, that did continue into last night to an extent until this incident we're going to discuss now. So Ryan Manning picked up his second red card of the season against Fulham uh, with a slight tackle of sorts on Harry Wilson. So whether he gets extra points for that, uh, you decide. But um, the question is, was it a red card or not? Yeah, it says hundred percent red card. You're for me. Then. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. At at the time when I saw it, obviously you're a bit angry anyway when the red card comes out. Uh, and at first glance, I thought he's just sort of like tripped him up from behind, like he's sort of if he's going to break away, he's just done a bit of a cynical challenge, and that's what I thought it was at the time. So when the red came out, I was a bit angry, but then. I had to think about it then, and then when I seen the replay, it's hundred percent red card. There's absolutely no need for him to dive in there. I watched it back, and you see like Harry Wilson's <laughs> not like he's not going anywhere there. He's in no like immediate danger. It's basically only halfway line, isn't it? It's not. It's it's like no need for Manning to do it, and he has become a bit rash at the moment. But before that, they had a bit of a niggle, didn't they, in the corner, Wilson and. Uh, yeah, that was Ryan like Man, and they kind of like, minutes. yeah, they kind of like fell on top of each other. And there was a bit of niggle, so I don't know if that was a bit of a By carry all on counts, from that. Though, um, I think I had literally just taken my seat when that happened. It was right at the start. Um, yeah. I think that that little niggle, and yeah. by all accounts, someone else in the Emmy reckons that man in left a stamp on him. Yeah, so maybe he was lucky to avoid any uh, sanctions there. I mean, I can't say he did or didn't for definite. I mean, he, he was winding him up, and something happened because Harry Wilson got up the floor and he was a bit annoyed. Um, yeah, which you know, Manning does caught like to him be in that the character. face. I think he was trying to like they were trying to push each other, and he kind of caught him in the face yeah, as well. But, but after the after they got up, he, he walked over him in a certain way. It looked like he like kind of tripped up, so I could see where maybe he's sneakily tried to do something. But um, he is that sort of character that likes to wind. Yeah, at the, at the time, I literally turned to my dad, sits next to me in the Swans, and I was like, <clears throat> I quite like Manning. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He can be a bit, you know, he can give it out. And I think sometimes it's good when you're playing against a team like Fulham, you know, getting into someone like Harry Wilson, putting him off his game. I was like, oh, I like a bit of that. And then he just went way overboard. He went way over the top, that tackle. As, uh, but I'm kind of flip-flopping on the red, though. Like, I didn't think so at the time. I haven't seen the replay. I can see why it's given, um, but another ref, I think, gives a yellow, which nah. I, I don't know. I don't know how high it is. Like, oh, it's, it's even like... the Fuller manager said he didn't think it was a red card. It's easy to say that after then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he said what he said was he didn't think it was a red card, but then he saw the stud marks on. Harry Wilson's leg, and maybe that would give you a different opinion. That's the yeah. I think, I think that was the case for most people. Like in real time watching it, it didn't look that bad. So obviously he's seen the stud marks on his leg, and we've seen the replay. So I just think he's so high. Like he's up. He's like say mid midway up between his. I thought he was ankle. I thought he's kind of ankle calf area, isn't it? From behind, that's an awful tackle. Studs on, that's terrible tackle. Okay, fair. I mean, I can understand why it's given, and maybe maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but like, and I did go through phases like, yeah, okay, it's red. But then I was like, oh, but I mean, I've seen plenty of worse challenges. I get you get away. Oh with. yeah, I I mean, every time Manning gets sent off, I mean, his last one was unlucky. I thought, and then you just think back. Time. You just think back to the Luton one where he just gets booted. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, I just always go back to that because that so, was the most horrific decision. Okay, so maybe by the letter of the law, you'd say, okay, technically yeah. the ref's not made yeah. a mistake, okay? But, um, and I guess where I'm frustrated is the consistency. Again, you can't moan because he's made the right decision, perhaps, but that yeah. decision doesn't always get made in those circumstances. And that's yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I when think you're the, the one that's on the receiving end. And the second point is two points, actually. How quick he got his cars out. Like, oh, as yeah. if he was desperate to, yeah, to send someone off. Like, fair enough if it's a red and you make that decision, but can you walk over and have a think about it? And then, okay, yeah, it's a red. Rather yeah. than, like, at the instant, it was like a red. Like, yeah. I think um, Harry Wilson hadn't even hit the floor when the red came out. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is how reluctant he was to book anyone else for the entire game. Yeah. So, how can you be so passive and so, like, um, lenient but then on a decision that I know you're saying is definitely red but it has divided opinion people are talking about is it isn't it and there's people from neutral uh, perspectives as well saying yes and saying no so for some for a ref that's so lenient on every other decision through the entire game to instantly get his red card out so quick that's where you're like a bit I think a bit of frustration comes into it as well yeah I get what because you're saying. There was other big tackles right. like not long before Flynn Downs got like nailed by two players at the same time. Yeah. One came in from behind, the other one came in from the front, proper winded. That should have been a yellow card. I'm not saying it should have been set off yeah. or nothing, but that should have been a yellow card. Um I think Pereira was it Pereira? Maybe I'm I'm wrong with the name. One of the Fulham forwards, I'll just double check now. Cavalio, I think. Was Cavalio, it? sorry, Pereira came off the bench, didn't he? Oh, yeah. No, not not Pereira. Carvalho and Genemon mixed up. Uh, so, so many similar names. Yeah, Carvalho went down in the box and oh, I didn't see yeah. a replay because it didn't show it on the extended highlights. But um, if he, if there's contact there and there's a penalty, then fair enough. Obviously, Fulham reckoned it was a penalty. If there's not and the ref didn't think there was, then it's a dive. So why is that not a yellow card? That he's done it twice as well, though. In the, he's done it twice, Carvalho. He went down... Um, easy, and the ref didn't just waved it away twice. So one of yeah. them has got to be a booking. The um, the reaction of Norton for the penalty one to me was was vocal because you instantly because he like he was adamant there was no contact. He was like you know shaking his like his finger like no no he's he's dived. Um, I was sitting behind the goal basically or to the left for where that happens. I had a pretty good view, and it didn't look like like if anything Norton was running. If there was any contact. It was just a run, you know, when two players are running and the flick of a leg. I don't think it was, so there might have been, if anything, that's all it was, which is why I guess the refs waved it away. Um, a couple of us, I think it was Perot and Grimes went to protest, saying, like, if if you're not given that, then you need to book him. Yeah, The ref didn't. The, the guy was still on the floor while they were doing this. He was on the floor for about 10, 15 seconds. And then he got up off the floor after, like, everyone had kind of got back into shape and started, like, asking for a penalty. So surely then, the ref's been lenient, saying like, "No, I'm not giving it." But surely then, after he gets up after not having it, protests, then you've got to definitely give it because maybe the ref's like, "Oh, he's fallen over," so I'm not going to say it's a dive. But as soon as you get up and start asking, I've seen it before where they've only booked them because they've asked for it afterwards. I don't know. That just annoys me a little bit. Yeah, no, totally agree. No, I think I think you're right. I think. Uh... It's the consistency that's annoyed everybody. And I think the timing as well, because I think like 
we'd had a good sort of uh, start to the game. And I think the red card was just uh, frustrating on all counts because I think you're right about the consistency. I think the challenge in isolation with Manning yeah. was a red. And I think we'd be asking for it if it was the other way around. Um, but I think you're right. I was gonna, I was gonna say that about Carvalho dive twice and he didn't get his card out. But then, and I think it was Carvalho and someone else who like Mailed fouled down. downs as well. So there was three chances there for him to get booked, and then the red card was straight out of his pocket. Before things, so yeah, I can see the frustration there. It says uh, it all to me that um, he didn't book any Fulham players after that first half, and there was a couple of things like we said that he could have, but Russell Martin ended up getting a yellow card. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I think that just says it all about um, how the game went by the end. But um, yeah, back to the Manning incident. Obviously, that's where the main focus point here was. I think that's what I tweeted yesterday saying um, I probably would have been asking for red if I'm on the other team. So that's where I, I got to not be frustrated, I guess, and not have the bias. Um, and also, regardless of whether you agree or disagree, and I tweeted this as well with the decision, it doesn't matter if you think it's a red or not. Ryan Manning didn't need to ask the, the question. He didn't yeah. need to do it. He didn't 100%. need to slide in at all. He's yeah. in the middle of the pitch. And he's he's asked the question to make a decision, and the ref's made a decision. Yeah. You put, you, 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 you've, you've given the ref a decision to make, haven't you, by going in like that? Whether he, yeah, like you said, whether, you know, you're giving him every chance to, to get it wrong, even if it was a good tackle, you're giving him the chance to get it wrong and give you a red anyway. Yeah. Um, so and it my, is from behind, um, isn't it? So there was a high chance of him missing. It's missing just, it. my, this, but this is my frustration then, soon afterwards, just went to Manning, and I was thinking, why has he gone in like that? We've made a good start to the game. You're already up against it when you're playing against a team like Fulham. Why make that tackle? It's just ridiculous. I can tell you why, and I've been calling him out for a couple of weeks. I think he's gone a bit cocky since he's starting quite regular. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I, I I like him as a player. There was, there was a lot of times last season I was calling for him to start over Bidwell. Early this season, same wanted him on the left of a bid well. He was playing well early this season. But the last couple of weeks, maybe since January, Ogbetta has obviously not been on the scene, so he's still pretty much guaranteed to start. What, what, what is that again, left. by the way? He doesn't even play left back anyway, does he half time? I know he did last night, but um and I just think I need to go back and watch the highlights of the last 10, 15 games or whatever. There's been like several of them that him, a mistake from him has directly led to goals. He was the one that gave the ball away against Coventry with a sloppy back pass that yeah. got them their goal. And that was poor. That was a poor one. There was one a couple of weeks ago where he's on on the wing, like literally on the touchline. Um, and... The Sheffield United game, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, and it? It was, he did something there where he just tapped the ball and basically gave it to the Sheffield United player and they scored from it. It's been a couple of times recently that he has directly led to a goal. You know, we constantly say our mistakes is what is conceding our goals, yeah, and not the other team creating chances, but often it's our mistakes yeah. that are giving them the chances. The same, same Coventry game on Saturday um, yeah. was was our mistakes and the first Fulham goal. I'm, I'm just saying he is, he's been the, probably the one yeah. that's given away the most direct goals from mistakes, and I think that needs to be called out because... He has been playing well. He's adapted to his new role well, but there's stuff that he's also done does not help it. And we're giving him credit, but now, especially after this red card, which, again, agree with it or not, didn't need to do it. Didn't need to. That situation didn't need to happen at all. And ultimately, doesn't matter what you think about the defending in the second half. And we'll talk about the game at the end when we go to the match review. That decision to make that tackle 
has ultimately lost the team the game. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll come on to the game, but I think, um, yeah, I think that I think it was a harder task anyway. I'm not saying we would have won it's the game. Fulham, the but, top of the league, so. But yeah. yeah, I think like when you're playing in a game like that. But these are these are the these are the players that you need. Like Fulham at home is a big game. We've been playing well. It's a bit you need big game mentality, don't you? Really, you've got to be on the ball, haven't you? Um, against these this 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 level of uh, opposition, you know, what if that's yeah. a, you know, you say like what if that's a I don't know like a playoff semi final or something, and you make an tackle in a big game, you can't you know you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, just and I agree with you. I think I think that's been massive. I think I think you're right that he hasn't got any competition. He's guaranteed to play in that the left side of the three because that's the sort of player that we that we do need there. And he has played well, but I think you're right. He probably does need some competition in there. He um, plays well, but he also like he gives the ball away quite a lot. Yeah, he I know. Tries to, he tries he to like. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just I think it's just decision making and that balance he needs to get like. He's a bit erratic, I think, in the tackle yeah. here and in some of his passing. And yeah. maybe it is a bit of a complacency or a cockiness where he's like, he knows he can do it, he knows he's good enough, but then he does one and it goes astray. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to be learning from it. A little bit of arrogance, maybe. And and you see it like the incident with Harry Wilson at the start, where he's doing a bit of handbags, winding yeah. him up a bit. It's all part of, I think, the same, like, um, uh, the same trait that he's got. And it could be good and it could be bad, but um, yeah, maybe the consistent part is what's missing. And at times like this, if he had someone that was a competition with him that was consistent, you'd think maybe he's not to be starting as a result, which he needs to sort it out basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's enough, enough on Manning's red card. I think there's a couple of other moments of perhaps controversy to discuss in the match, not necessarily from on pitch, but um. Doing the rounds on Twitter yesterday, a lot of people airing views on clapping opposition goals, um, whether you think it should be happening <laughs> or not. Um, so this came about because of Nico Williams's uh, thunderbolt. Yeah, it was, it it was, was a very a screamer. good goal. It was a screamer, to be fair. I'll say that. What was it, Volley? Yeah, it's like yeah. come out the edge of the box and he kind of flicks it up. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> lovely feeling. Half volley or something. Um, I mean, yeah. What do you think about that then? What's your take? Oh, I, I'm just, I'm just so bugged that people get so triggered by these things. Like, it just seems, I think since COVID, like everything's gone like really backwards. Like, I think like the got bit of tribal. Have, yeah, it's gone more tribal. That like, we've been sort of away from the game for a long time. I think you're right. That's the word I was looking for. Was it's gone tribal? Like, you know, it was a bit of bit of fuss in the Coventry game on on Saturday. Usually, we don't really get that. The Coventry, you know, there's not really like a big rivalry there. Um, I remember the Sheffield United game, which was the first home game back after COVID, and there was just like a lot of trouble. It was just like, why, where's this come from? Um, and I think it's just going back that way again. And now it's like, oh my God, I am a Swans robotic fan. You must not clap anybody else. You must not smile at anybody else. Yeah. You know, like with McBurney came down and was like, people were like, no, clapping him because he played for the club or whatever. Oh, do not clap former players. Do not smile at them. It's just gone really, I don't know. But. I'm 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 kind of just on the fence about it. I I didn't clap the goal. Um, I think if it was the first goal where we go one nil down, I don't think anybody claps it. Yeah, um, the game's done at that point. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was uh, a good bit of skill. I think just like don't get just don't get so wound up about it. Like, yeah, does it matter? I, 
I didn't clap the goal either, but um, I, I I didn't see it in real time. I was probably I think I was on my phone when it happened, uh, tweeting about something, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, they scored again. Um, so I didn't see it until the replay. I have, um, I have in the past though. I remember um, like uh, <laughs> I remember Delroy Facey's goal for Gillingham from like from like the sideline. It was a ridiculous goal, probably the best goal I've ever seen in the stadium. That deserved a little clap. And uh, I remember Bale scored like a screamer. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the best goals I've seen live. He just scored down the stadium, and so oh, that was brilliant. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I'm not a Swansea. I, fan. I think the way I see it is, I'm a Swansea fan, yeah, and obviously I want to go, I want them to win, and I'm always going to cheer my team on. But I'm also a football fan, and if I see a good bit of football that ultimately results in like the opposition scoring, what's the harm in clapping it? At the end of the day, like like the Nico Williams goal. You know, no one was saving it. Like, it's not like you could argue maybe it should have been closed down quicker or whatever. Like, doesn't like the point is it was out of a strike and fair play, good job. Like, sometimes you just got to say well done. Now, if you look at other sports, you look at rugby, you never have that where they like don't uh, appreciate the opposite. If someone scores like runs the length of the field on a try, everyone appreciates that. Um, yeah. And it's not as tribal. You know, fans can sit within. The same stand as each other for a start. Um, I don't really see why football needs to be so. Ah, it's getting worse. So, like, old-fashioned in that respect. Yeah, I have rivalries. I have a bit of banter. I have like during the match with the other fans and whatever. But you know, at the end, it's a game of football, and if you've won or lost, like, move on to the next one and appreciate it if it was a good game or you know, have, have a rant about it if you thought your team was rubbish, whatever. But don't see why you can't then. Appreciate the goal just because it scored against your club. If just, you go yeah. and watch like the Manchester derby the other day, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, it was a really good goal by Kevin De Bruyne or something." What's the difference? Just because it wasn't against your club? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just think like I'm just not that passionate either way. Just I don't know. It happens very rarely anyway, doesn't it? Because yeah, it depends on the game. Like we you know we're four one down, and he scores the fifth one, and like late on in the game, it's just like yeah, if it's like a ninety minute winner or ninety minute equaliser, you yeah, nobody's clapping now. You're going to be more like gutted than than anything. Yeah. But at that point, you just kind of like you know you're not going to win, and it's just like you're watching a game of football and hoping that I think oh, you see um, something good. But it's a lot of frustration in it when you come out of the game and it's probably like, you know, later on and we've just lost five yeah. one. Everyone's like, oh, why is everyone clapping this? Oh my god, yeah. you know. Unfair, it's but like running, even passions are even running people high, but... who were tweeting it yeah. saying like, "Oh, what a good goal this was." It was like, "Oh, you're a Swans fan. Why are you tweeting that saying it's a good goal?" It's like, because yeah, I'm a Swans fan, but it was a good goal. Like, two things can be true. Just because I'm a Swans fan doesn't mean I have to say the goal was bad or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I just, yeah, but... like I say, it rarely happens anyway. It's just it depends on the game. Like I said, if that was the if that was the goal that put them one 0 up, nobody nobody claps it anyway. Nobody bats an eyelid. They'd probably just say, "Oh, that's, that's a good goal." Um, but yeah, it's, you know what it's like these days. You can't. You just I don't know. You can't do I anything. I think what you said at the start was right. Then, like, why'd you guess so annoyed about things like that? There's, there's far worse yeah. things going on right now. Nah, yeah, um, and I just think but... in terms of into yeah, in terms of like the football, I just think I don't know what like yeah. of all the things, it's not it's not really that bad, is it? But like I said, um, we've I said it for a while now. I just think it's, it's it is getting worse. Uh, I don't know where it's going to end up, but I think this is getting a lot worse again. I've seen more. I was coming into the stadium yesterday, and there was like a lot of Fulham fans are coming the other way then to go to the away end, 
and they were just like singing in people's faces. They were queuing to go into the stadium. Like old older people as well were waiting, and they were just like singing I mean, in their faces. They like, didn't sing for the entire first half, so that's you, surprising. And I was like, "Are you okay?" Like, well, yeah, like they're going to win the league or something. They were singing in people, like literally, like in people's faces as they were queuing up to go in. Was like, well, they only started singing that after the red card as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they weren't exactly enthralled to their first half performance, but again, we'll um, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> next point. Again, kind of relevant to last night. Leaving football games early. Um, I get it sometimes. Like, if you're getting a drubbing and it's really bad, you know, people leave, whatever. Um, it, it irritated me a bit last night because if you're at the stadium, you kind of understood the context of why that result ended up happening. Um, so, obviously, again, we'll talk in detail about the second half later, but the incident we've already discussed, the red cards, changed the game. Um, and it was only when we went 3-0 down, and we actually scored a goal straight away after, uh, which, yeah. A lot okay, a lot of people missed our goal. It didn't mean anything, but just, they, they weren't exactly not trying. Like, they were deflated on the pitch. They made errors, don't get me wrong, they made mistakes. But, like, the situation changed dramatically after that one incident. I don't really see why you can't stay there for the... You're going to stay there if you're winning. I know you've got work. It's a Tuesday night game and you've got work tomorrow. But why can't you stay there to back them? They, they're the ones out there suffering, trying to like defend against the team top of the league. Um, having had that job made 10 times harder for them. You know, I'm sure they, they fully intended to go out there and win. They needed a really good effort of it in the first half. And I think a lot most people I've seen speaking about the game think we did really well in the first half. Um so you know it wasn't like the, the recent results where we got smashed by Sheffield United, we got smashed by Stoke. It wasn't like that. <laughs> Which, if it was like that, then maybe I'd understand a bit more why people were walking out. But I just, yeah, really irritated me last night. I don't know how you felt. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's just me. I'm just not like, I haven't got a massive, massive problem with it. I'm not like, I just think you've bought the ticket. If you're yeah. leaving 60 minutes into the game, then then you're wasting it. But I can stand it's frustrating then, say for someone who wants to go to the game and can't. Yeah. And people are walking out on 60 minutes or something because we're, you know, we're, we were 3 0 down or whatever. I mean, it wouldn't have been a, that, that much of an issue last night, but when we were in the prem, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I do think it's, um, I do think it was a bit early yesterday when there was the massive exodus after 3 0. We were only 60 minutes in. You think, you know, it's still. It's just, yeah, but it's imagine you're a player on the pitch and you see that. Yeah, I know. I can I, I can understand it both ways. You say it's a Tuesday night if people got yeah. to travel far and stuff. It's like, oh, this game's you know it's over. But then I always think of like you know like Newcastle were four 0 down against Arsenal when they and then come back and won four all. I hate leaving early because I always think, oh, there would be we'd come back or something to be the biggest comeback in history. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was way too early. I mean, if you go in eighty minutes when we're four 0 down or something, yeah, or five one down, whatever it was, it was eighty minutes, but it was quite early as you said. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't know, just, I think it's a bit harsh and uh, fair enough if they, like, if the team's doing awful and not trying, like, it's different, isn't it? But they, they were on their socks off in the second half, chasing shadows, really. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just the frustration of it all, though, like the red card, and we were getting hammered then at that point, so I think it was just... Like, yeah, and it is. Maybe, yeah, maybe the showing frustration, frustration. Yeah. isn't aimed at the players, perhaps it's aimed at, like, yeah. the ref, if they were annoyed at that, or yeah. just the fact, like, oh, well, this is pointless. And that's fine, but you're there to support the team, and I'm sure they would. I think it probably would make a difference, like um, if they see that happening. Like that's probably not a nice 
thing to see when you're on the pitch. And when they, ultimately they know what happened, like the, the players probably there, like yeah, okay, we we tried, but like kind of got taken out of our hands a little bit. Yeah, um, and they've been on good form recently as well, and it looked like that had a chance of continuing. But um, yeah, yeah, just a small bugbear. I mean, just to be interested to see what everyone else thinks about it in the comments. If yeah. you were one of the play- people that left early, you know, I'm not here to necessarily slander anyone individually. Oh, but, no, um, no, it's a good. Tell us why you think it's a good topic, it. isn't it? Really, you know, like yeah. some people, like you said, it'd be another. It'd be another divided one. Some people will be dead against it. I know some people not so fast. Um, just be interesting to see, just get involved in the conversation. And... Yeah, I don't get to go to like every home game because uh, of work. So I like to make the most of it, even if we're losing again, smashed. It's uh, yeah, paid to watch the game of football at the end of the day. So you got to see a great goal at the end. Yeah, <laughs> got to see six goals. <laughs> yeah, no, no, first half. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a big one then. This one again, I think it's going to annoy a lot of people. Um, not necessarily even just Swans fans, but the game last night wasn't on Sky. So what oh. is the reason for the game not being on Sky? So like, usually Tuesday night games are on Red Button, yeah? They'll have like a main event and then usually yeah. they can show them all on Red Button. There were six championship games, I think like four or five. Were they were they all rearranged actually? All uh, rearranged. I don't think they all were. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. Well they wasn't a full extra list. Yeah, they so. must have been, yeah. Yeah. So four of them were on Sky and two of them weren't, but I don't really understand why. If they like you said, maybe it was because the original time was the three o'clock Saturday, so the rules transfer over, but doesn't really make sense to me why that would be the case. Um, you know, it's not on Sky Red Button. Swans TV were not allowed to show it. I just, I just don't really understand it. Why is it so hard oh. in 2022 to watch your team? Like people it's have to get VPNs, get dodgy sticks, get dodgy apps and stuff. Which yeah. I'm not endorsing. Obviously, it's illegal. Make your own decisions. We're not here to endorse. Do we want? <laughs> um, <laughs> get that in there. Why do we have to go to those extremes to watch the yeah, football? Yeah, I, I, this is. Now, this is one of my biggest bugbears. I say I'm not quite on the fence with a lot of things like we've just talked about, but this is my biggest bugbear is that, the, like, the TV rule, like, oh, you can only, you know, you can't watch a team at 3 o'clock and all this. And I get it to a certain extent, you know, if they, if every game's on TV, then less people will go to the game. That's what they think. I disagree because I prefer to go to a game anyway than watch it on TV always. Um But then, like like last night, like you said, there, there, there must be, a, like, a some stupid reason in there somewhere that... um they couldn't show it because it was rearranged or something like that, but it just didn't make sense. Like, why couldn't it have been on the red button? I'm sure there's a stupid rule in there somewhere because the original game was supposed to be on Sky. It was just after Christmas, New Year, when we had all the COVID cancellations, and it was supposed to be on Sky. So I don't know if then they move well, it. That makes to... it even worse. Then, if it's supposed yeah, to be I know, on Sky I... in the first place, why can't they just put on the red button? It's not like I don't know if like, they got a... I don't know if they got a like if Sky chose not to show it because they've got a. Um... Do you remember when we was when we had Leeds at home and they they pulled it was on Sky and then they pulled it because because oh, the amount of games they showed but that's the amount like of game. main event isn't it? Yeah, but the amount of Leeds games that were on TV, I don't know, I don't know how it works, but maybe I'm sure that's main event because like Red Button is just generally everyone's on there if they're not midweek, main event yeah. on a, in the midweek. Midweek games are always on the Red Button, and they put 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to think of a reason, but I can't come up with a good enough reason why they didn't put on Sky. I mean, Fulham, Fulham had a, you know, they didn't have a massive following, but Lon- from London on a Tuesday night, they'd be thinking, why is it not on the red button? I just think every Watch midweek it. night game should be available because, yeah, okay, you could say that about not going to the games, but it's, it's eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Like, we have to travel like five, six hours for the furthest game, or like four, five hours generally. To get yeah. to most away games, I know we were home yesterday, but like like you said, with Fulham fans, like I, people can't do that and then go to work Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I. It, this is this is the thing that really gets me. I think, I think we should be able to watch a team. I think we may go down that way with like a Netflix type thing, and you subscribe yeah. to your team or whatever, which would make sense. But it's just some I, I, I can't stand it because we went through it earlier on in the year. The you know like the the Carabao Cup now, whatever it's called, the League Cup. Unless your game is picked for Sky, you cannot watch your team in the Carabao Cup. You cannot yeah. watch it. And I think it hurts a lot more now because we went through COVID and all of a sudden they managed to make everything available, pretty much. I know, I know. obviously, the circumstances resulted in yeah. that being the case. But then to have that taken away is, I think, now why the conversation is maybe growing. Because all of a sudden, yeah. you've seen what the alternative is. You know, They've been telling you for years, this is the way it's got to be. All of a sudden, it's like, well, hang on, no, go back to like, go back to you know the when we could watch our team. There's so many, there must be so many ways you could do it that Sky don't suffer because that's the real reason. We all know that's the real reason. They want the rights, they want to control it all, and they want to uh, make as much money as they can. So that's that's, yeah, that's the fine. reason they've for it. The, but... They've got <laughs> they've got a contract for uh, like the EFL games, haven't they? But um. That's fine, but like, why, like you said, like last night, why couldn't they put it on? Because the red button, when you watch it, it's not, it's not anything special. It's one camera angle. There's no replays. Um, sometimes you get the wrong commentary on it. Um, you know, stuff like that. But I just don't see, like you said, why they can't. They've got the rights. Surely they, they could just put a, a few more games on as well. I think for Ch- I know, like they've got to put the, the Premier League games on. That's where they get their money in the prime time. But surely they could do something with the championship because it's so good to watch it. Why can't I just do something on the app like uh, follow my team subscription where it's like, I don't know, 30 quid a month and you can just watch your team. And the worst part of it is as well is that, um, you know, like people abroad can watch it. Yeah. The rule doesn't apply. So, you know, we're like from Swansea. We, We go to the games, you know, all the time. But then, if it's the game that we can't make for work or whatever, you can't. You're not allowed to watch it. No, you can't. Well, you're not allowed to watch that because I don't know the rule. We can't show three o'clock games, or Sky haven't deemed it big enough to put on TV, yeah. so therefore you can't watch it. I just don't understand the logic, and it really bugs me. But yeah, but, I think uh, we were spoiled. We were in the Premier League as well. Yeah, yeah but, well, Klopp said it before, didn't he? They got moved. Um, I know he's moaning about the fixtures all the time now, which is doing my head in as well, but. He said something before about like you've moved this game and it's like people in Liverpool can't watch it. He said something like that. But he said, "But you can watch it abroad. So why are you moving this game?" Um, yeah, yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. It really, yeah, it really bugs me. What needs to happen is Sky needs to modernise because they're so old-fashioned in the way they run their football, and this is why they're losing like the Champions League and all this other stuff to to BT and whoever Amazon and whoever else is coming in. That's literally why they're losing the contracts. Um, or they need someone else needs to come in and buy the rights, and they need to get like an app, like Amazon do it quite well when they have the football. Oh, the football, yeah, the coverage with Amazon is great, and it's just like select the game you want to watch from the app. 
literally. That's It'll how it should be way. done now. That is the modern way of watching content. That's how people watch content on YouTube, Twitch, um, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. That's how people consume their content now. And all these apps, they're all available on your smart TV. They're all available on your Fire Stick. They're all available on your phone. They're all available on your tablet. It's literally how you consume content now. So, like, Sky just needs to, like, sort themselves out because I think they're falling behind and they're getting desperate. And uh, Sky, as in the company now, is all connected in their Sky Sports, the TV branch, all yeah. of it. You know, they're going around there like, oh, shit, we need to, we need to make a TV with a Skybox built in now because we can't sell Skyboxes anymore. Well, this is why you can't sell skyboxes anymore. This yeah. is why you're struggling. So, like, yeah, Sky Glass, whatever, is probably going to be relevant for a year, but I can't see that staying relevant either. I know this is going way off topic, but I do think it's all connected because um, they're desperate in trying to keep people in, and I think they're losing grasp. And that's probably a good thing for everyone in the long run. And the sooner the EFL rights go elsewhere, probably the better, because the competition yeah, but... is what's going to make it more accessible it's not it's not fair though is it because you know, like they've got they've obviously got the premier league so they got to show they got to show that because that's what brings the money and everyone wants to see man U, man city yeah they? so like put on that Sunday. on the main channels that's fine but the, yeah you can put all the other games on on, on like a select your game you don't even yeah. have to have commentary not, i don't even care just i want to watch the game yeah i know yeah it's, yeah it's ridiculous the thing is like you said i i don't know yeah they've got to have they put, they put the Premier League games on, but the problem is it, it's fine that they got the Premier League games, but because they've got exclusive rights to the EFL, they've just got a monopoly on that then, and they'll show one game a week, and then that's yeah. it. Like, for example, now... like it's three the, games this one, a week they do at the moment, isn't it, for EFL? Yeah, but the best thing that could happen is if... I think it'd be great if they did, like... Um, I don't, it probably won't ever happen, but if, like, they had shared rights with, like, terrestrial TV, like ITV or something, and yeah. ITV showed a game every week, or two games a week, like, on a Sunday at 12 o'clock before the two o'clock game in the Premier League. Yeah. And then they showed like a Monday night or something. So there was a, a few more games dotted around um, <laughs> for people to be able to watch. Um, they've just got to control. Like now, the, the, the biggest problem at the moment is it looks like the Swans-Cardiff game is going to be three o'clock on a Saturday. And that's no what it looks like. It. Because Sky have picked up their game for the weekend. They picked up a Friday night game and they picked up a 12.30 on the Saturday. I think one of them is Blackpool and Forest and one of them's Huddersfield and Hull. But this is what I mean about them having the monopoly. They've deemed the Swans Cardiff game not big enough that weekend. Why for can't them. S4C show that? Like, I don't know. Maybe something will come out because I no, think but like, that's what I mean. Why, why can't they just allow them to show it? Well, they, even they if can't because they've got the monopoly BBC on it. BBC give them, give them a fee to allow them to show this game because at the end of the day, it's two Welsh teams, isn't it? So, like, s That's why I said. I S4C. hope they do. I hope they do. They did before. I remember, like, the chair. Um, BBC had some rights a long time ago because the I'm sure the, BBC have showed the South yeah Coast the Swans Cardiff game when uh, I remember when when Emne scored that was on BBC yeah that was live on BBC I remember that but I I don't know maybe maybe BBC Wales will probably just charge them too much yeah probably that's what and I mean then... Sky have deemed that that game's not good enough now so like fingers crossed I can get a ticket but apart from that Swans fans can't watch the game legally they, yeah. so they've said you can't watch the biggest game of the season. The Swans Cardiff Derby. You and how much tickets they're going to give you? Like two thousand. Yeah. So yeah. So say two thousand. Everyone else cannot watch that game. Oh yeah. It's, it's, and it's wrong. I'm in work. I'm in work wrong. for it. So like, I want to be able to watch it on my phone. Basically, there's no way. There's literally no way I'm going to be able to do it, and that's so frustrating. Um, but like, I another question I have is, <clears throat> I know Sky got the rights. I I don't understand 
why the football club can't show their own game. It's there. Yeah. It's them playing football. Like why? And maybe it's because they're in the league, so the league owns the rights to the game. Yeah, because they own oh, everything. Something they seems wrong there for me. Yeah, it is. This is wrong. It's just yeah. It's making like, me more annoyed now when I think about the Swans Cardiff game. Like, why like can't the they whole show that? team should be able to stream what they want and charge themselves, like yeah. as another stream of income. Especially all these chap, all these like lower league clubs that are struggling financially. Why can't you give them the ability to monetize their, not just from ticket sales, but like make extra money from like online ticket sales? Yeah, exactly. That could be a good solution. The incentive would be there. Do you know, like you know, they they say like pay for your Sky subscription, don't get illegal things. That's what they always say. Why would you pay for a Sky subscription when the Swans get, like, minimal games every year? The Swans Cardiff game is not going to be on Sky. Why would you pay for it? What's the incentive for me to pay for it as a well, Swans I fan? I don't pay for Sky Sports. Well, I'm, I'm one of the mugs. I, I mean, pay for Sky. But... Yeah, but you watch a lot of other sports, don't you? So yeah, like, yeah, to be fair. I, <laughs> I don't watch that much Premier League now since we're not there. I don't even watch match of the day that much. I, you know, I keep again these days. It's so easy to like. I don't need to watch a full match. Sometimes I will watch it, you know, now and again if if it's on. I will watch something. But in terms of keeping up to date and what's going on in the big sporting leagues, whatever sport, it's all over Facebook or Twitter. Like you don't need to, have, be... to have a Sky Sports subscription to, to match keep of the day. Be gone soon as well because they pay like through the roof for the rights to like show the highlights. Um, on a Saturday yeah, night. but again, I think it needs to change, doesn't it? Like it needs yeah, of to course go it does. more like people watch content in in different ways now. They don't necessarily always sit in front of their TV and watch match of the day. Maybe they want to just say, "I want to watch highlights to this game in a ten minute section." You know what I mean? And that's how they'll do it. Um, and and maybe match of the day needs to go down an avenue of like on the app where you go and pick the games you want to watch a little bit of commentary on them and watching it that way. You're selecting. And doing it on your phone or whatever, rather than just sitting in front of the TV. You know, I'm sure there's still people that enjoy it, and maybe there's a it, it can air that way in a certain capacity. But in terms of on prime time tally slot and every Saturday night, could be maybe not the future, perhaps. Yeah, it's got to uh, change. Whatever, 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 whatever happens, it's got to change. It's not working, is it? Just think it's outdated, isn't it? Like if you look at all these other sports now, it's uh, boxing's good in there for how they handle um, yeah. their events. Yeah. Um, the zone, I think, is perhaps a big player. Maybe they'll have a part in the future of this conversation. Yeah, but you know, you know what Sky will do? They'll just go back if they ever get, you know, like you said, if they ever get enough of a, a scare that they got to change, they'll do like um, like they tried to do before in COVID. Remember when all the games were free, and then they tried to charge it, charge people for it. They were like, yeah. "Oh yeah, you can watch it, but now you got to pay an extra ten on top of your really expensive Sky subscription." They'll go yeah, back to but that. They, they backtracked, didn't they? They backtracked because everybody there was uproar. Um, but I, they, they'll probably go down a route like that. But I would pay, like, I would happily pay, like, I don't know, 20, 30 quid a month if I could watch all the Swans games. I yeah, go to I mean, most of the games anyway when I can, but I would even, even I'd still pay view, that to watch it. Yeah, like a pay per view, I'd still do it. Like when, when it was on Swans TV and it was £10 a match, you know, if I couldn't watch it any other way, then. Quite often I would. It's, it's cheaper than But I think for that's ticket. enough of an incentive to stop people trying to stream it as well because yeah. you think like, oh, tenor, you know, more, yeah. some people still will, to, see, like, to be fair, because it can still be quite expensive if you're paying a £10, you know, three times a week if we're 
Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. But more often than not, I think people would just be like, oh, it's only a tenner. We'll buy it and watch it. Yeah. So they probably then, make more money that way. They want to get rid of all this streaming and illegal stuff. But what is what are you what are you providing me then as an yeah. option? There isn't yeah. one. So and that, until that, that is there, then I have no other choice, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that outrageous. It's not like I'm choosing to break the law. I haven't got a choice if I want to watch them. So, yeah, but this is the thing as well. This is what outrages me is every time they come out and say, like, oh, don't do illegal streaming, you know, pay for your Sky subscription and BT, you know. But but why? Like, how much would it cost you to have like Sky, BT, Amazon if they've got the games? You're talking north of £150 a month, and then I may get a Swans game every now and then. Yeah. On the red button with no commentary. Don't Amazon like often do it for free when they have them? Yeah, they usually do. The Amazon coverage would be great, though. They had all I think, the I think Amazon rugby are doing well. it for free while they like are testing the waters. If they, I think maybe next time the bid in goes on, if they get more games, they probably won't have them all on for free. Oh, I'd love it if they put a cheeky bid in for. Yeah, well, I think they will. I think that's what they've done this time, and they they've gone for like Boxing Day and stuff, and they're big ones. They probably want to see what the. Uh, return is and then i'd imagine if they go big next time that will be like one of their marketing tools for why you should pay for amazon prime yeah which you know i i pay to be fair and again if uh if it does go that route then amazon get a lot more games i get a lot more out of amazon prime than just what i would get out of like paying for sky it was yeah. eight pound a month and you get yeah, all the other right. benefits as well it's not just like the football. Yeah. You get all the, the film branch. You get Amazon Music. You get um, the cloud storage for your photos and stuff. You get the delivery. You yeah. get quite a lot of things. Uh, discounts yeah. on some of the shopping. So that's a lot more worth it. I know they're a big company, but they're doing it. And Amazon have got flaws, right? They got problems. But in terms of um, <laughs> in terms of like customer sort of friendliness here, that's. A decent price. I'm sure they'll yeah. probably put it up a little bit, perhaps even if it's ten pound a month. Um, but you're getting a lot for that money, so it'll change at some point. Yeah, it has to. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it again, but um, yeah. yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, got a, got a little bit of time left then to actually discuss a little bit of our form and the last couple of games in the football. Um, let's briefly touch on the. Two previous games, West Brom and Coventry, before we talk about last night a little bit more. Uh, the West Brom game, I think we were on the back of uh, the defeat to. Was it Sheffield? United. Yeah. Yeah. So that was obviously a howling performance. The Bournemouth, Bournemouth game, game got game called off. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I had a bit of uh, extra time to do some training. And as much as West Brom were also in poor form, I don't think many Swans fans went into that with high expectations, especially away from home. Um, but very good performance. Oh yeah, I was just chuffed with that. But we, I put a, we put the tweet out to me about Kyle Norton. There was no, uh, no coincidence that like those two games, these first two games back were West Brom and Coventry, and they were like two of the best games we played in ages. I think he makes such a difference. Um, that really did, and he did in that first game back. They were, I would at the time. I know like West Brom hit the post twice, didn't they? But I think. Apart from that, we looked in control, and I think we were saying like we take a point away from home. But 
at one point in that game, I was like, I'll be really disappointed if we get a draw here because we were the better team by by miles. Yeah. Um, I think they were brilliant against West Brom, and all they needed was that, and Cham came off the bench with that bit of injection of pace and a bit of creativity, and it broke it then, and we just were fully deserved to win two 0 That was just a yeah, great performance. We hit the post once as well, though, so it wasn't. Um... Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it goes both ways. We actually had more shots than them away from home. That's good for us. Yeah, fifteen we, to twelve and four yeah, targets. We deserved that win. We were just definitely the best team on that pitch. I, I yeah. would have been gutted if we had a draw. I thought you were right, but champs up. Uh, you asking all the time, what does he do? But he came on and got an assist there, so fair play. Um, but also, Steve Bruce got a bit desperate and he put on like loads of forwards, and I think. That helped us out because it gave us the space to get in behind and actually make the breakthrough. So I was so surprised how poor West Brom were. Mind, oh my god, they are awful. Do you think they made a bad appointment? Oh, definitely. What was what were they trying to do? They tried to bring in Ishmael to make it, like make a difference and change the way that they play. They gave him like not even half a season, and then they brought back Steve Bruce and they brought in Andy Carroll. And I was like, oh, what, what are you expecting now? Everybody knows what you're going to do now. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? There we go. Not our problem. We love this. We've done the double over West Brom anyway. Yeah, I had Premier League last year. They actually won their first game under Steve Bruce against Hull um, on the weekend. Just gone. So, oh, did they? That's the first game he's won all season. He had two clubs. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, he didn't win a game in Newcastle before they sacked him, and then he got brought into West Brom, and he hadn't won a game until the weekend. Well, there we are. First game he's won this season. <laughs> Crazy that is. Um, but yeah, very good performance. Goals from Joel Pirro and Osiris Christie. Um, I'm trying to recall the Pirro goal. That was the one in Cham. Got the that was in Cham, yeah. Went down the wing and cut it back. Yeah, and... actually, yeah, no, I watched the highlights mm-hmm. earlier. So like, um, what I found fascinating was, obviously, he's playing up top with Obafemi. Obafemi was like on the line, you know, running if the ball comes in in between the goalie and the defence, like Obafemi's going for that. Perot was like in the pocket behind and obviously the cutback was on for him and that's how he scored. But it was good good to see the two different runs. There were only two Swans players in the box, um, but it worked on this occasion. And the Christie one, I think it was a cross from Ryan Manning actually. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, I think he got the assist anyway. Good cross, but um, Christian two goals. So uh, Ethan Led made made his Bournemouth debut and, uh, recently. He's played two matches off the bench. But Scott Parker came out and said he that he needs to do more work. Um, he's not quite ready. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I wonder if we uh, people thought when he left, you know, that was a massive blow. But ultimately, I think maybe we've ended up better off because Christian's out of contract so. in the summer, isn't he? Yeah, I I, agree. I was just going to say I completely agree with you. I think that was probably a blessing in disguise because I think Christie's been brilliant. I think he's just slotted straight in there and he's been excellent since he's come in. I don't think he's really had a bad performance. Um, he looks lively, scored goal too. And if, if and he's, he's come out and said that he wants to stay, didn't he? He did say yeah. he would love to stay. So if, if he's out of contract at the end of the year and we can manage to sign him, I think that we'd just be better off all around there. Don't quote me on it, but I think he's out of contract. Um, and like no, about Madden, he, is. he didn't get the assist, so I can't quite recall uh, yeah, the Christie goal. But oh, he blasted it straight out of the keeper and went through him. Yeah, yeah, blasted did, it. Did. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, one other interesting thing from this game 
Martin started with Hans Wolf and Christie on the opposite sides, and then swapped. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, I wonder what's going on with that because I've seen the um, the wing backs have swapped sides a couple of times in the last few games, whether in the middle of the match or at the start. They did it against. Um, Maybe it wasn't the wing backs, but someone swapped sides. Maybe it was Patterson actually, and who was on the other side yesterday? In Cham. Did he start yesterday? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. Cham and Patterson, Patterson and. Was... Oh, yeah, okay. They swapped sides yesterday in the first half at some point. So um, he's playing around with things, it looks like, anyway, which is an interesting observation, I think. That's what I wanted sure. to see. I said a couple of weeks ago, I said on the video, I said, keep saying, no, oh, look out for next season, look out for next season, but he hasn't changed anything. So it's like, are we just going to coast for the rest of the season playing the same team? Whereas if he's saying, well, watch for next season, we'll do it now, give people game time, try him in different positions. And it looks like he's starting to yeah, make I think some it's, changes. It's that whole thing in it, trying like get the defenders feeling comfortable a certain way and then you're mixing it up to ask them a new question. So I think he started them on their weaker sides and then he put them onto their stronger sides and ultimately maybe you lure them into a false sense of security when they're defending and all of a sudden they've got a different challenge because both of them played better when they went into their correct role. But like ultimately we weren't playing bad either way. Yeah. So you're up in the game... Perhaps when you put the pressure on a bit. I guess it makes sense, like because he probably maybe knew at the time as well. If you're thinking like uh, Christie couldn't play against Fulham, um, and then think, and obviously the Ogbeta was injured, then maybe you know try them playing in different sides just in case they need to, just in case yeah. you know well things happen like you know red cards, um, injuries, and they have to play them in different positions. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I yeah uh, I know I know what you mean. So on to the Coventry game. A uh, good home win, so two wins on a row. After that, trouble at Sheffield United, perfect sort of like way to bounce back. We've actually had four wins in the last seven, hours, so the form isn't looking as bad, really. Um, saw someone commented earlier saying, having a moan about, they didn't watch the game against Fulham, but they were moaning saying, um, we're moving the wrong way down the table, we're shipping goals all the time, but they didn't watch the game. So, like, they were comparing it to the Sheffield United game, but if you watched the game, you'd know it was different. Um, but ultimately, four wins in the last seven, you're not moving down the table, are you? It might not be like making massive games up gains upward, but we're definitely clawing our way back to that middle pack where they're quite tight. Yeah, we still got two games in hand, I believe. So we're not we're not really in an awful position. But yeah, against Coventry, then so three first half goals, I want to say. Well, one was just after half time. One was second half here, yeah, just after. Yeah. Um, so Patterson getting his first goal, I believe, of twenty twenty two. Assist from Oberfemi. The Patterson goal. That was actually really good football from the team. The build up. It came from the back. There was some nice one touch passing. Oberfemi's assist. He like lays it off to him. Yeah. With one one touch. Uh, I think it was Corey Smith that started to move. Uh, Corey on Smith back, on wing back. Brilliant. He's not even a wing back. We don't see our wing backs doing that very often. Like no, it was brilliant. I was. Corey Smith was great at wing back, mind, by the way. I'm not touching on that. He was brilliant. And that for that goal, it was a lovely goal. And he started it with his one two. It was brilliant. Fair play know, to we've him. given him a lot of stick for his uh, contributions in the attacking midfielder role this season. Yeah. But maybe he's found a solution and somewhere that he can actually perform quite well. Um, yeah, much prefer him there than Latibodia, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think he played really well as well, Corey Smith, a wing back. And yesterday he played right back. <laughs> Fair play to him. Davis he just Tyler. chucks him anywhere, doesn't he? And he does he does a does, job. Yes, a job done. You've got yeah. to give him credit for being um being the handyman, if you like. Yeah. Like just just helping out wherever he needs to. So fair play. Yeah. Um Michael Obafemi then scoring a brace. Assist from Flynn Downs and Mac Grimes. The first one come from the keeper actually played hell of a ball down the middle, didn't he? And they landed yeah. Downs' feet like in the opposition half. Um Ball through from down straight to Oberfemi. A very direct goal, actually. Looked like Oberfemi took a bit of a heavy touch, but his finish yeah. was very good. Sneaked it in on the, yeah. the near side post. Fair play. Good I know what the celebration was all about. Oh, it's a gritty, isn't it? I don't I know. I think that it's is. called a gritty. That's Not what it done is, with yeah. the kids. Oh, no. I, 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 they, they do it all the time in the NFL. Do they? When I'm going to score touchdowns, yeah. I, I saw the swans like that. admin. Um, uh, memeing about it, saying like we asked Oberfemi, it must have been what it was, gritty then. He's like, oh, we asked Oberfemi to do us a gritty for TikTok, and he said, no, uh, I'll just do you said. one on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and then, yeah, so uh, fair play. He's got the banter, and he um, Oberfemi has come up so like like leaps and bounds recently. Um, and we said it a couple of weeks ago, like like fair play to Martin again, the way he's managed him. Yeah, because he just looks full of confidence now. And <laughs> I think at the beginning of the season, I said like, "Oh, I'd love to see Perot and Oberfemi and like and Cham maybe in there somewhere and Patterson, just to have to like try and get them all on somewhere." Um, obviously, you can't have them all, but now that he's got like Patterson and Perot behind, but he can um, have them all. He started them all yesterday. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, I mean, like up like in that area, like when Cham was wide, so maybe you do play him wide and you have them all in. Well, it was a four at the back, wasn't it? That's why. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think that if they carry on with that, with Patterson and Perot behind Oberfemi, I think it's really dangerous. I know like Perot is a bit deeper now, so he's not maybe getting as many chances as he was. But I think having Oberfemi playing like a proper nine, like on the on the like last defender, like you saw it when for the second goal against Coventry, yeah. Grimes wins it in midfield and he's already that running ball in behind was defenders. Stunning, by the way, the that was a lovely ball as well. Yeah, it's like it's just. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a perfect ball from Grimes as well. But that, but that's what I mean. We've got that added bonus of Oberfemi makes those runs where Perot maybe doesn't, but Perot is also yeah, still on I the pitch, like the in his deeper role. Past the defence, isn't he, Oberfemi? Yeah, yeah. And I think Perot is always still there, chipping in on the goals, like come, sort of, sort of being in like a he's like clinical, a isn't he? Role, he doesn't need as many chances, like um, like the one yesterday against Fulham, where he just but he put yeah. the. Put the ball in the net, but I know I notice as well with Perot because he's playing a bit deeper. I notice him getting back and making tackles as well. Yeah, in all fairness to him, so I think uh, he might have he might have he might have got it clicked there with those three. He must have been like ha- had experience playing centre attack in the field before, though, because in the one friendly yeah. that he played under Steve Cooper, Cooper put him in that role as a cam. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it must must be something there. Um... I like it. I think going forward in those two games with those like with that setup, they looked they looked much better. And yeah. Oberfemi has been brilliant as well. I think yeah, I just love I was loving it at that time. The commentary the game then. Um, you were there. Yeah, I'd be. I'm surprised looking at the stats. Uh, we only had 53 percent of the ball. Um, we had less shots. We had eight shots to 12. Yeah, I think um, it's weird to say because we were like we were comfortable in that game 
Um, we just coasted in the second half. Yeah, as soon as as soon as the third goal went in, right after half time, like the game was like quiet after that. Um, and Coventry had a bit of a push at the end, but the game was over and it was a bit of a training exercise then. Like he made changes and stuff, and it was, yeah, sort of we dropped off then because the game was wrapped up at three nil. Um, the only chances that really Coventry really had came from our mistakes. They should have scored right before half time to make it two one, which would have made a different game, just from us messing about with the back again. We make so we give up so many chances like that, unlike we did last night as well against Fulham, and they gave up three or four against Coventry. They were bound to score. But apart from that, they didn't create much. It just came from our mistakes all the time. Like yeah. Fisher making mistakes and Cabango and Man and whoever, just like someone playing a dodgy pass and they're in a they're in on goal. Yeah. I mean so that was the only like sort of downside of that result, really, is that we Manning, were giving up again, a lot of chances. The ball away is what we said earlier, isn't it? So like yeah. silly silly errors, which maybe they they're still present. They need to cut them out and they go in into next season. But um yeah, get him out now. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else on the Coventry one? Obviously, we said how important Norton has been since he's come back into the team. Oh, it was one ben thing. Bango think... was saying he was really good. Go on, carry on. I was thinking in the in the Coventry game when Kyle Norton just got the ball in like the middle of the field, he'd sort of come a little bit forward into sort of mid like a defensive midfielder sort of position, and he just flicked the ball over someone's head and just played it on. It's just like prime Ronaldinho. Yeah, he's class. Um, Kyle Norton is my god. He makes such a difference when he's in. I went on the Coventry podcast um, before the game, um, and this was before we played West Brom, and they were sort of asking what was our like downturn in form, because um, at that point we'd lost a few and on the back of the Sheffield United game, and we were we were poor. And I said, "There's a massive difference if if Kyle Norton comes back in the team. We are a different team, and it's just proved it since he's come back again. Now we've been we've looked completely different." I. Uh... I tweeted saying like I stuck my neck on the line so many times for him when we he was getting scapegoated in the prem. Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, nice to see him finally getting some plaudits. I'm not saying no, by any means he was a world beater, but I just don't think some of the criticism that was levelled at him was fair. And he just seemed to be the player that had the target on his back for anything that went wrong. Yeah, it was. The yeah, season that we went down, he was statistically our top performing defender um, on tackles, interceptions couple of other things as well. People just overlooked it. Um, like, oh yeah, but his position is bad. Like, well, if you're making the most interceptions, then you probably haven't got that bad in, uh, position in. But yeah, he whatever. Was, he was just a scapegoat, wasn't he? Was yeah, he was a scapegoat. Um, it's the reason why he played, you know, a few games for Spurs, was in that academy and, well, Sheffield he came from, didn't he? Like, you know, he's had a good good career, really. Good, like, average um, Premier League in the championship, you know, an average player career. But um, he's obviously come into his own the last couple of years, I think, in the championship for us. Yeah. And it's showing now, and I think people finally appreciate that he is actually a decent player. Like it's... It was the same with uh, the same with Grimes, though. Like, in some of the seasons under Cooper, Grimes yeah. was the villain, wasn't he? He was awful, and he only passed sidewards and all this, and he was the scapegoat, and he yeah. we needed to get rid of him and all this. And now, like... Everyone says how good he is. Well, people still say no, this season when he was backwards passing, and then that stat came out earlier this season about how many of his past success rate of forward balls, and it's like, yeah, okay, you haven't really got a point anymore. Yeah. Because but it's there know, on paper. It's hard to but, get those stats sometimes, but it's there on paper. So you cannot even argue that point. I know, but like but even with Grimes, I'm not, I like I think he's been fantastic again this season, but he's not doing anything different than he was in the previous three seasons. No, he's, exactly, he's exactly the same. He's just spraying yeah. the ball around. He's him. always been good, yeah. 
there we are. Uh, but we've always we've always kind of said that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben Cabango came out and was like, people don't appreciate how technically gifted Norton is this week. You yeah, say it, so yeah, fair play. That's, that's, I can see that's it. Good to you as well. Last one then, Fulham yesterday. Obviously, we talked about the main talking point, the red card. Uh, but before that incident, we looked like the team top of the league. I'm not, I don't even think it's flattering to say that. I don't think Fulham... I'm not saying we looked like a team top of the league. But out of the two teams playing yesterday, we looked like the one that was above the other one, I think, anyway. And when you look at the momentum chart as well, that backs up what I'm saying until the red card. Um, yeah. I don't think Fulham looked interested in playing football until until the red card. They looked sluggish. They looked uh, off the pace. They did not look like a team that was so far clear at the top of the league by any stretch no. of the imagination. And their fans didn't say a word. And I think that's because they knew that they were having they had a game on their hands and they could have they could have been going away with a loss. Um, yeah, that card changed it. This is why I'm so frustrated with Manning because. I'd have loved to have seen how he would have gone with us with a full compliment for the rest of the game. We might still have lost the game um, just with the quality that they have. But I just think I'd have loved to us have had a good crack of them just because we were playing so well up to that. Yeah. I've seen people say like that we were absolutely dominating them and all this. I don't, I don't agree with that. I just think that we were holding our own there and we were moving the ball really well. And you could see they were chasing shadows at some point and we were moving the ball very well out from the back when we were in like sticky situations. We were getting out. And you could see some of them, like Harry Wilson was, you know, dropping his head a little bit. And you could see we were moving the ball that well. But I think we only really had that one chance, I think, when Obafemi took one from outside the box and the keeper tipped it over the bar. Yeah. So, um, but but we, I just think, like, we were holding our own against, you know, this magical team that's supposed to be yeah, Fulham. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't think Fulham had one chance from Mitrovic and the penalty shot, but the penalty shot had done even... I yeah, don't think, I think it was a penalty. It was quite an even game, and that we were edging. I think just about. Yeah, um, but, but like I, what I what I was trying to get at is like they are meant to be this, yeah, world yeah beating yeah. team in this league. Yeah, but I would say we were mar- we were marginally playing better than them. Yeah, um, I agree. With maybe that. it's the way they were set up. I don't know. I don't know what they would have come out in second half, eleven v eleven. But I was happy with our performance. Everyone expected us to lose the game, and we were yeah. more than holding our own and, and threatening potentially. We didn't have all the chances in the world, like you said. That Oberfemi one probably was the best, best chance um, of our of our first half. But you know they're up there for a reason. They're going to be hard to break down as well. But we, they weren't attacking us, and they weren't getting through. People questioned our defending. We changed system to four at the back, and we were holding our own. We were we were doing a good job, was which maybe asks the question. <laughs> Do we go to four back? Well, this is what I mean. Try it now between now and the end of the season. Not long left. Play a couple of games of four at the back and try people in different. Just let's just see what sticks in it because we we were playing we were playing well in that. I like I said, I probably expected them to maybe still go on and win the game. We probably fancy Mitrovic to get a chance at some point, but but who knows? The longer the game that went on at nil nil and we were moving the ball as well as we were, you don't know if you know we would have had a chance. Um, you just don't know. You can't, you know, we can't sort of say that. But I, I, I think we were playing really well up to that point, which is why I was more like still frustrated with Manning. Yeah, with our red because he didn't need to go in like that. Yeah, like the four the back, I thought worked quite well. And yeah, if Kyle Norton is not there and we're struggling with our centre back selection, maybe the four helps. Like you know, if you don't have to play Bennett and Cabango and someone else there, 
like do you get me like maybe yeah four i know it's mad it's mad it's mad looking at our four though because our four was at left back we had a left back we had kyle norton who's obviously not a right back anymore but by trade he was a right back playing center half with cabango and then a a defensive midfielder at right back so only actually had one center half again in the whole but it worked it worked you were saying to me in the pub beforehand, he needs to have a plan for Mitrovic and he can't keep Norton in the middle. Yeah. We, th- we were like, oh, he's not going to change anything. He's going to do it anyway. But to be fair, he'd done the two of them. So Cabango was really there to kind of deal with the physicality of Mitrovic. And yeah, and it worked in the first half. It worked. Um, things changed after the red card. So if we want to talk about the second half, uh, we just put the nail in our coffin like one minute into the second half. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, Everton against Tottenham game uh, or just in oh, our group yeah. chat and we were saying like well they went in like 3-0 down didn't they at half time? Yeah. Everton and I think John was like oh you know imagine Lampard's team talk now like let's settle the game down let's have a period where it was settled and the balls can pass around a bit calm it down get comfortable and start building and then you go and concede so soon after the uh, the restart, and it's like, oh well, it's done. Yeah, that's kind of what happened here. Um, yeah, it was. I was so frustrated because he brought like Bennett on a half time. Um, and you just think, right, we're going to shut up shop now. We got 10 men against a very good side, you've got to keep it tight for the first 10 15 minutes of the second half. That's got to be the main thing that you that you see before you go for half time, and then they're still passing around the back when we've got 10 men behind the ball and you're just yeah. creating problems because they're up on the halfway line aren't they they're going to be camped there all game at 10 men so why used to you i know he's stubborn he says we've got to play this way and we're not going to change for anyone but in that situation where you've got 10 men you've got to change you've got to change it yeah you've got to change and it did against play. blackburn so it's weird but i guess we were defending the lead at that point so yeah we would defend the lead yeah but i i don't know i don't know why he did i don't know why but they were they got caught I mean, messing about the back again and yeah. as soon as that first goal went in it was game over people have questioned the messing about the back russell martin even actually said afterwards like we shouldn't have been doing that in that situation but i think that's where they're learning this new system and when to do the message and when to not yeah. do the message is what the decision making has to be better. Um, so people blaming Bennett for that first goal, but actually it was Fisher's fault, yeah, yeah, it wasn't Bennett's fault 100% Fisher's fault. It goes to Fisher. Russell Martin said it should never have gone to Fisher from kickoff, okay, fair point, but it goes to Fisher. He should just put it in row Z, but he kind of like, yeah, gives Grimes a bit of a hospital pass. And it come, it blasts it at him, doesn't he? And he, he just can't control it off his chest, um, and it, it just falls to the to Fulham player, and Mitrovic scores. Um, I don't really know why he blasted it at Grimes there. Like, yeah, you got to be doing that first. Do bloody first 10, 15 minutes last second half, just launch it down the field, get settled, get set in. You brought a new defender on, you're just settling into you. You know they brought Fulton on as well because I think Downs had a knock. Just get it out. Just get it away. It's just game management. That's the one thing that you can that you can level against Russell Martin. Yeah. Sometimes is I don't think his game management is that is that good at the moment. Um, just in that moment again, like I go back to, um, you know, if it was a playoff final and we, you know we were nil nil and you had a man sent off, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to like maybe a forest, get a draw. Forest game yeah. of uh, the yeah. classic, the ten years ago, whatever it is now. Yeah. Uh, for well, eleven. Something like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. he's learning as well. So. Yeah, he's learning. 
I did notice as well, he put Matt Crimes left back uh, for the the remainder of the first half when Manning went off, which was something I'm, we haven't seen since Potter. Yeah, Potter God, I remember that. When which I, Grimes I thought back. maybe it would have been a good option to keep it that way. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have had to necessarily make changes. I guess you would have changed downs because of the injury, but um, wouldn't have had to bring Bennett on. Yeah. But but he didn't. He put Mark Rams back in the middle. Didn't matter anyway because of what happened, as we just discussed. A couple of other Fulham goals, though. Um, if I couldn't see a lot of what was happening, I was down the other end of the pitch. So it was hard to necessarily see like it, like what happened. So like, I know Cabango scored own goal for the second one. Did you see yeah, what I happened? I can't really remember all of them, to be honest. It was all a bit yeah. of a blur then, wasn't it? They just... Um... Yeah, they were all they all seemed quite similar in the stadium. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I think they were at 2-0. Um and Martin said in his interview brought Obafemi off to rest him for the weekend at this point. Yeah, give Carl Joseph a run out. Not the best circumstances to get no. a run out, but seeing him out for half an hour is only gonna do him do him good in the long run. Um, yeah. and then uh, Cardiff players linking up to score the third. Harry Wilson <laughs> assisting Bobby Reed. Yeah. knew he was going to score when he came on. Yeah, so that was that was a grim one. But we did hit back <laughs> straight away after the mass exodus of uh, of Swans fans at 3-0 to uh, score our first goal this season from a set piece. I know, bloody hell. Can you believe it? I thought Patterson just scored from his cross. Yeah. From where I was sitting. I didn't realise Perot had a touch on it. We, it was a very, very marginal touch on it, but he put it in with his head to the yeah. far post. And I think it's the hope that kills you at that point, wasn't it? It was like, ah, oh, maybe we can rally. And then only, they score straight away. <laughs> yeah, only to concede one minute later, um, Tom. That's like before Christmas that was, when we'd concede straight after scoring all the time. Yeah, two minutes later it was, Nico Williams. And then he rounded up with that. Um, the second one he scored was a really good volley, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a screamer. Yeah, uh, no Beth it didn't matter really at that point after the first goal, kind of, or second goal. It was it was done. Um, Fulham are bad. It. Sorry, go on. I was going to say Fulham are bad. A lot of teams this season they put seven past Blackburn. Yeah, um, yeah, and and then in the playoffs. So like, it shouldn't mean it's not the same as losing four 0 to Sheffield United the other day. And and I saw people moaning about it, and I was arguing about with about it with them on Facebook earlier. Like, it's not the same at all. And if you if you're just looking at which a lot of people have done, they looked at the headline of the score, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we've conceded all these goals again." Martin, I've done all this stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, no, actually, you haven't watched the game. And if you watched the game, you'd understand the context of what happened here. And it really wasn't a performance that merited five-one. Um, I mean, we could have done better in the second half, but ultimately, we probably were always going to lose at that point. Yeah, but also, I was like. <laughs> I just kept getting more and more surprised by the players the Fulham have got. It's ridiculous the 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 amount of quality players that they've got and bringing off the bench. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, I know they've spent loads of money, but like, I don't know. Does it work that teams are able to spend this amount of money in the Championship when, when I just think the gulf between like Bournemouth and Fulham, for example, this year with the money yeah. that they spent, it's ridiculous. And they're just gonna they're just gonna go back up, aren't they? I think we can push this to a topic for another video but yeah I think, I think so yeah. and the question being like is the parachute payment system in need of an overhaul or something because it's been exploited by 
teams like Norwich and Fulham who like to jump up and down between yeah. the leagues. They're sorted yeah. financially and they, they just they're happy to kind of get relegated because they know they can just win the league the next year. Yeah. There's definitely an exploit going on somewhere. I know they're not necessarily intentionally getting relegated, but they don't seem to try as hard to get re- like to stay in the Prem as they do to win the championship the year after. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you it's just like the money that you get from going up and down, isn't it? It's just yeah. ridiculous money. And then I, I just say, I just think the golf is just it's so it's like the players yesterday. I knew they had a good side. It was just like you got like Tom Kenny coming off the bench and Bobby Reed coming off the bench and yeah. Cavaliero coming off the bench. It was just like you know, it's ridiculous. And then you know, even Bournemouth. Remember in the January window, we were just like, oh my god, who who else can Bournemouth sign? Remember they well, got they like. Had, um... Nathaniel Chalobah on the bench who didn't even come on. Yeah, so you know, like how can they, how are they not going to win the championship? And fair play, they got a, they got a crack inside, so they probably deserve to win the league. But like you said, I think something needs to change because yeah, I mean it's been it's been exceptionally like noticeable this year. Maybe because of the because of like COVID as well as impacted teams lower down the league. Um, yeah, yeah. How many how many times does a team win like by seven and six this often? They've in yeah, and Mitrovic is going to hit probably fifty goals of the rate he's going. So <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. which is crazy. He's nearly on forty now, I think. Yeah, but you know, like let like like but like Bournemouth coming in and taking lead to Bournemouth when yeah they taking play lead, him. playing him two times off the bench and then saying actually he's not as good as the wing backs we got you already. Yeah, but that's that's just this having way too much money in it because obviously he was playing well for us. They were like, right, we'll have him because he's playing well in the championship. They went to get Kiefer Moore as well because he was doing pretty well in the championship. You're just like, right, we'll bring in all these players that we can that are doing okay in the championship. We may play them, we may not, but screw yeah. the rest of you. 35 goals for Mitrovic. That's ridiculous. I think he's broken the record already. That's yeah. outrageous. He's on it? the cusp. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they, they, Fulham 6-2 against... I'm just looking at the recent results. So 6-2 against uh, Birmingham City. Uh, beat Millwall 3-0. Couple of they've had a couple of close games recently, but they went on a period where they were smashing everyone earlier on. Uh, Red in seven nil, four for one against Barnsley. Like you know, they've been put in a couple of past few teams. Seven nil against Blackburn, four nil against Forest, four one QPR. Three, uh, no, that's not. Yeah, comment. No, they lost four one to Coventry though. Oh yeah, what was that? I remember that. What was that yeah. about? <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. I think just the moral here is like we can still take credit for that first half. They need to take that first half into Black Blackpool, and it's important to bounce back straight away, perhaps, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in a good place again. So, um, but yeah, I think it's been it's probably been enough for this one. We've gone past an hour by a bit, so we'll okay. leave it there. Um, and yeah, reconvene next week, I guess. So. Uh, don't forget to let us know in the comments about your favourite McDonald's meal and for <laughs> any of the topics that we've discussed today. Thanks for joining me once again, Lee. No worries. And we shall see you in the next one. Don't forget to subscribe and have a have a good have a good day. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.